On today's Locked On Thunder, we're going to dive into your Reddit mailbag and talk about all the things around the Thunder, including SGA and Josh Giddy's tandem. Is Josh Giddy going to grow facial hair? And so much more. All coming up on today's Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So subscribe for free on all platforms on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're at you by Truebill. We're going to dive into your Reddit questions from Josh Giddy's facial hair, the draft questions, Josh Giddy's fit with SGA, and so much more. Today's show is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not want or need anymore and can even negotiate Better, deal, better deals for the ones that you want to keep. Let's start, though, with Gabriel Deck, who was sent down to the G League briefly yesterday. He's already been recalled. Uh, this was a move because of the practice load. So, obviously, the Thunder were coming off of a game on Tuesday, so their Tuesday practice was not going to be very intensive. Gabriel Deck, though, did not play in the game and has not played for a long time. So, he was sent to the Blue, who had a more intensive practice as they've kind of been off from games for a little bit now. And so... That's why he was sent down. He's already called back up. He's active tonight, but it's still unclear if Gabriel Deck will play for the Thunder tonight or in the near future in this rotation. I think that the Gabriel Deck saga is a weird one. Uh, I, I've said it for this entire year. I, I don't get what they're doing with Gabriel Deck. I don't get uh, why they kind of signed him. I don't, I don't get what they're trying to do with him as a signee because we know he's a good basketball player. Like That's what we know about him. He's good at every level in the Euro leagues and the Olympic setting and also in the NBA setting, but he's a throwback style player and he doesn't really fit what the Thunder are trying to do when he's 26 years old. So I don't really get the signing. I never have. And this season has cemented that. Uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, I, I think that, I think that the Thunder have to make a decision pretty soon about what they want to do with him and, and, and what the Thunder want to do going into the future. I think that he'll in no way be here next year whenever they don't guarantee his contract for the next season. So we'll see what happens with Gabriel Deck. It's a weird saga, and it just continues to get weirder and weirder because he's not even playing in garbage time anymore. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Gabriel Deck. But what I am sure about is that we're going to dive into the Reddit mailbag, which has a lot of great questions from all of you on Reddit. So I appreciate that. Uh, we'll start with user Teardrop Helm. Love the pod. Have you ever had Mexican hot chocolate? If not, I highly recommend it. Uh, firstly, no, I have not had Mexican hot chocolate. However, I'll have to try it. It sounds really good. So I'll have to try that this holiday season and let you know, and let you know as the, as the weather gets a lot colder here in Oklahoma, I'll give it, I'll give it a whirl. Uh, the basketball question was how long do we wait to see 32 minutes from Poku in a game? I think a long time. I think that the Thunder are slow playing Pokashevsky uh, and trying to coach him harder and trying to, and trying to uh, kind of instill those great habits within him. And so 
I think it'll be a long wait until we see Pokashevsky play 32 minutes in a game again. Uh, but when we do, it will be glorious. The next question from uh, user 2007 was the bestest. Let me know what happened to you in 2007. Why was that the best year? Uh, who do you think the fan base's favorite player will be? Josh Giddy, SGA, or Lou Dort? Now, this is a fun question because, you know, kind of the fan base's favorite player doesn't have to be the best player on the floor. So it doesn't automatically have to be SGA. Your favorite player can be any anyone for any amount of reasons. And so I think there's a real argument here because there's a, there's a huge pocket of the fan base that loves Lou Dort. There's also a huge pocket of the fan base that loves Josh Kitty and that love SGA and that love all three of them. And they all have something about them that make them unique, right? For SGA, it's just the fact that he's an absolute great basketball player. But, and he has the fashion, and he has all the other, all the other stuff that he has off the court. For Lou Dort, he's like this NBA phenomenon. Like, even like Zach Lowe has a Oklahoma license plate that says Dort on it for his ESPN shots. Like, he's caught on in that way, off the floor with how he plays defense, and just the, the aura of Dort. And then Josh Kitty has the TikToks and social media presence, and he's really funny. And then he also is a good basketball player, too. They're all good basketball players. I think that the favorite player will probably be Josh Giddy, just because I think that Josh Giddy will continue to uh, work social media and continue to uh, do things that kind of tie the fan base together with the team. Not to say that the other guys won't, won't, but I'm just saying I think that Josh Giddy will have that connection in that way. Because, I mean, going back to the offseason, he was showing off the facilities, showing off like his day in the life of – uh, you know, his off-season workouts. I think that he'll continue to do that whenever the season stops and that we'll see some behind-the-scenes stuff we've never seen before. So that can, like, elevate Josh Giddy as a player in the fan favorite pantheon. But it's going to be a tough race. I think it'll be a neck-and-neck neck photo finish for who's going to be the favorite player of those three. Those are some great candidates. Uh, from user Brown streaking my pants, Will the Thunder be ready to make their blockbuster trade with all those picks after the season? Also, who would you want the Thunder to trade for? I think that uh, it's getting close where you have to do it, either this this offseason or next offseason. I think if, if you let it go past next offseason, you've now become Danny Ainge, you've now become the Boston Celtics, and uh, you've really, really botched this a little bit. So I think it'll be getting close on when they have to make that move and when they have to cash in these, on these draft picks. Uh, the, the the thing that I would, I would worry about, and I, I typically uh, – am very optimistic about the, the thing I'd worry about would be uh, maybe an overcorrection on the market where you no longer jump over for joy just because you see the number one next to a pick and you start to do some true analysis and some true, um, you know, some, some true thought process of how valuable the pick will be because it's clear that the Clippers are not going away even without the even with the Kawhi injury. It's clear that the, that the Suns are not going away. Now you can still bet, on, of course, Chris Paul. But the Suns' pick this year is going to be very low, obviously, so it doesn't matter what happens in the future. Their pick this year will be very low. And so that could be interesting. I think that the move has to be made either this offseason or next offseason, um, and, and we'll see what happens there. So who would I like them to trade for? This is where Sam Presti can correct that market efficiency is because even though a lot of teams now have a lot of first-round picks, not a lot of teams have a roster construction that allows them to bring in anybody that they want to. Anybody could fit within this 
construction of this roster because they've created it so versatile and they have so many uh, options, right? So they can trade for anybody they want to. I, I wouldn't trade for a Ben Simmons. I'd trade for maybe a cat if he got disgruntled or Bradley Beal, of course, is a hot name. Demi Lillard, of course, is a hot name. Uh, but still, the Thunder have a ton of options. And so I, I would I would not be surprised to see them make that move this offseason, but probably leaning towards next offseason uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, from at the Hamburglar on user on Reddit, uh, who do you think Dort will actually end up being in the Thunder future in the, in the starting five, in the eight-man rotation, or will he be traded? Uh, so I've said it before. If this offense keeps up and he continues to play this way on offense, he has solidified himself as a starter in this league long-term. Um, but I do I, I do like that you point out the eight-man rotation for whenever this team goes to the playoffs, they're going to be shrinking their rotation. He will for sure be a rotational piece for any team in the league. He can be a rotational piece for all 30 teams, no matter how stacked their lineups are, no matter if they create this super team that would rival the Heatles or would rival the Warriors, would rival the Nets or whatever. Like There's no roster you can put together where Lou Dort would not be a rotational piece in the playoffs for that team within the construct of the, of the CBA and the constructs of, of the, the salary cap. There is not a roster that you can have where you would not have room for Lou Dort in the eight-man rotation. So that's a guarantee. Um, starting level, though, he's he's there. If, if this offense that he's shown you this year is legit, and he can even just promise you spurts of it, not even that consistently, just spurts of it, well, then all of a sudden, uh, he's going to be a, a starter in this league for a long, long, long time. Uh, I'd be interested to see if the Thunder would trade him. I, I don't think that they will, uh, but that's always a possibility. And And really, when you get down to it, you think about these trades, draft picks alone won't won't cut it. We saw that last you know last draft. You need sweeteners. And for as fun as this season has been, for as fun and competitive as this team has been this season, who are your sweeteners? Who are players that you're going to throw in there and make the deal worthwhile? Because to make a blockbuster move, you need to keep SGA. You need to keep Josh Kitty, or else the blockbuster move doesn't do anything. If you trade SGA, you're praying to God the guy you trade for can be as good as SGA. That, that's, that is nothing for you. That's a net zero, and you just lost a ton of draft picks. So who is going to be that guy that can be thrown in there? Basically, disappointed. Theo Malvon has regressed, not even playing in the NBA anymore. You're running out of options to sweeten the deal. And you'd imagine if a team's accepting a ton of draft picks and trading you their best player, they're not in the market for a Kenneth Williams anymore, who's a good player, but he's 26 years old. They're not, they're not in the market for players like that that could help them play, but they want to go younger. They, they want to do what, what the Thunder have been doing the last couple of years. So it's an interesting spot to be in. Uh, I think that there's an, a, a chance he's traded this offseason or, or next offseason, but um, I think ultimately he'll be with the Thunder long-term and he, he'll be a part of this th- under core. So we'll see unfolds a, a great question there, but I do want to tell you about your friends over at indeed. Indeed is awesome. It's great. Like Lou Dort. While there's always going to be debate between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, when it comes to helping you hire all-star talent faster, the goat is indeed. If you're hiring, you need indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of qualified candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all, attract, interview, hire, all at Indeed. Indeed 
is unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is your go-to hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And indeed, attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So do not struggle on your own trying to find uh, qualified candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you every step of the way to, in the hiring process so you can find your talent and you can go through skill tests with them to see if they're an instant match, assignments with them, and virtual interviews with them, with them all on Indeed. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding and everything in between. Pick what skills are important to you for your job with over 135 assessments and get a clear view of what your top talent's abilities can do faster. Assessments make the interview process smoother for everyone. Talent doesn't need to prove themselves again. You can just dive deeper in talking to them about what's important to you. The Indeed assessments can reduce hiring times by 12%, according to Indeed data work, uh, worldwide. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. It's a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order. You love Built Bars. Built Bars are immaculate. So try them out today. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. And it's the holiday season. So you're going to want some for your holiday parties, your family gatherings, all that fun stuff. So make sure you go check them out at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15. 15% off of your next order. And we're back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's continue on now with our Reddit mailbag. Uh, the, ne- the next question comes from Shaq Late Milk. Who is your favorite prospect in this draft, as well as for the Thunder? Um, I really love Candy Chandler. I think that he's going to be a really good player. He's kind of under the radar right now. I, I wonder how far up he can leap. Uh, for the Thunder, uh, of course, it'd be uh, Benchero from Duke. Uh, he'd, he'd be kind of my number one type of guy you can throw chet in there as well but i'd really like paulo instead of chet just if you could if you could pick one right now on my big board he'd be number one over chet uh, i also like hardy and, and dyson daniels as well from the ignite so we'll see what the thunder do in the draft but those are kind of my favorite prospects right now uh, at adam one what are what are going to be the numbers on dort's next contract i think it's going to be similar to uh, if not well really it's going to be more than what marcus smart got kind of that marcus smart kind of range uh, next question from Archon. What name is better for SGA? S-A-G-A or the timeline? I think the timeline is a fantastic name uh, for SGA and that it should be used all the time because he is the Thunder timeline. I think it's going to be really cool, especially if he stays here long-term uh, as he's signed his max deal. Uh, as long as everything goes smoothly, which you know is the NBA world turns, anything can happen in a blink of an eye. So uh, you don't want to count your chicks before the hatch. But as long as he's going to be here uh, for the entire rebuild, it'll be really, really fun to kind of call him the timeline and and, and mesh up and look back and uh, see his career path because his career path could be a fun one. I mean, he comes over here in the Paul George trade, has a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs, makes the playoffs with Chris Paul, learns a lot from Chris Paul, uh, goes down for a couple of years and then rises back up and hopefully eventually has a team around him that won a title. So we'll see if the Thunder can pull that off. I do like the timeline uh, nickname for SGA. 
Next question from Better Call Paul 18. If reports pan out, do you think it's a good thing that Marcus planning to stagger SGA and Josh Giddy? Yes, I think it's a really good thing. I think that this happens around the NBA. I mean, you, you always stagger your best players. You always try to uh, have your best players on the floor at certain periods of time. You, you've seen this for years and years and years now in the NBA. So I think that's a great thing for them uh, to learn how to do that now. Uh, and also they still need to learn how to play together because you want to close games with them. You want to start games and close games with them. And then in the middle of that, try to stagger them and, and figure out ways that they can both uh, play off of each other. I think that it's interesting because SGA has made it known he wants to be a point guard. I think that Josh Giddy's best role is a point guard. We've already seen that SGA can excel off ball and, and excel as the secondary lead ball handler. Cause still, Chris Paul allowed him to run the point guard a, a, a lot. And in, in that time there with never, it was him and Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. So that balance might need to look more like the Chris Paul year than what it's looking like right now, uh, but we'll see. It, it, there's a lot of time to figure this out. And I think that both players by all accounts want to make it work. And so that goes a long way in, in, in how this gets decided. Uh, but staggering them, yes, that, that is what you have to do in this league. I mean, you have to uh, come up with ways to elongate your team and elongate your depth, especially whenever you want to win every, win every single night. That's what I said at the start of this year. Whenever this idea was first floated out there, I, you know, I, I had it, you know, what was it? My keys to the game for the Houston game the first time around when they first played them this year was staggering those two guys helps you win this game. And now they're finally doing it. So it's going to help them win games in, in the totality of it. But yes, they do need to develop themselves chemistry with each other, but also develop themselves with um, each other off the floor to kind of elongate their depth and, and elongate this team as they start to make their playoff pushes. You saw that with James Harden and Chris Paul in Houston uh, doing the staggering game and everything like that. It really, it really helped Houston. It'll really help the Thunder. Uh, this question from Ann Kit Pancakes, outside of Paulo and Chet, who are your ideal draft picks? Uh, so again, the kind of same list before. I love Dyson Daniels. I love uh, Jaden Hardy for Ignite. Uh, I think that they have a lot of interesting tools that they about them. I'm interested to see how they progress in these last couple of games here before the showcase for the G League. And then college route, Kennedy Chandler is somebody who I think is incredibly underrated the point guard for Tennessee. You guys should really go check him out. Uh, and then even outside of the first round, I, I think um, Akai Abaji has really taken that next step. I think that he's teased putting his name in the draft a few times uh, in his career. And I think that he finally got the feedback he was looking for uh, this offseason in terms of what to work on. And now he looks like a totally different player. I've watched him his entire career at Kansas. looks like a totally different player, a totally different scorer. And I think that he can provide a ton of value in the early second round and, and, and the Thunder will be picking there in the early second round. So it'll be fun to see uh, kind of how that goes with Abaji and, and kind of maybe you can even move up to the late first round, which you get the Thunder have late first round picks as well. So I like Abaji. I like Kendi Chandler. There, there's some other names like Remy Martin, who I think could be interesting as a shooter, but he has not had kind of the season yet that you'd want to see him have. He really came on late this weekend during feast week, but those are some of my uh, some of my personal draft picks. And then where do I expect the, the Suns and Clippers picks? Low. I'd expect the Suns pick very, very low. They just had a month where they didn't lose in a calendar month. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and, and when it when it gets that late in the draft, there's a ton of different motives and tons of different reasons for, to use those picks, right? It's not just as simple as it is on the top of the draft where you're picking the best player, you're picking who you love. You might be taking a chance on somebody. You might be trading back. You might be trying to save somebody money. You might be trading to package those things and move up. There's so many different aspects of it that happen later in that draft to where uh, 
the the hard part would be finding that trade partner to, to package both of those picks and move up because in that range of the draft will be teams trying to skirt the luxury tax teams trying you know not to play rookies and not to invest in rookies and things like that to where they don't even want their pick much less two in this same draft they'd rather have future picks and then with that on that same token Thunder can't really afford to take on four first round rookies probably because of their roster construction and who they'd have to part with on their own on their own right so you might just be stuck drafting three three rookies in the first round and moving on from there because it'll be interesting to see if they can actually dump these these draft picks later on to move up in the draft um, within the teams you know uh, from these later picks because it's just goes back to a lot of those teams won't want the draft picks. They just won't want picks in this year's draft class. They'd want to kick them down the road, and that's why they're trying to trade their pick in that teen area. So we'll see how that all unfolds. But, yes, I think it'll be very late picks for each of those two picks. Uh, next question from Avalanche Interceptor. Uh, what do you think our main trade targets around the league should be? Uh, for the Thunder, the, the main trade target should be Anyone who's available, again, because they can all kind of play off of SGA and Josh They're so versatile and everything. I don't I don't like the Ben Simmons thing, so I, I, he's kind of the one exception to the word all. Uh, but uh, I'd really like to see Cat. I'd really like to see Cat in Oklahoma City. I think that that could be a very good pairing for everyone involved. Uh, but past that, it's just kind of a wait-and-see game of, like, who's going to come available, who's going to become the next star that want out, uh, and, and what can the Thunder do to make it happen? We're going to have more of our uh, mailbag coming up, but first, I'll tell you right now, but good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is incredible. It's fast and better than ever. It's the best thing ever. It's betonline.ag. So you have betonline.ag, and you can go to their website or interface, the new one that they have up there. It's all brand new. They have all the odds. They have all the prop bets. They have all the contests. They have everything you can ask for from football to basketball. They still have baseball future odds. If you're a big baseball fan of who's going to win the World Series next year after this lockout's all settled with. So they have everything. Uh, UFC, boxing, NHL, Vegas casino games. They have it all at betonline.ag. It's your number one spot for sport action this season. So go check them out right now. BetOnline is the easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Bet at online where the game starts but on the use our code locked on and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus our code locked on receives you that 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag but online your online sportbook experts we are back on locked on thunder podcast on locked on podcast network your teams every day i am your host rylan styles you can follow me on twitter at rylan underscore styles and we're going to continue on with our reddit mailbag uh, the next question comes from Jeff's lap chop. Do you think Josh Giddy will attempt to grow facial hair? Interesting question here. Uh, I think that Josh Giddy will always keep it clean shaven. I'm going to go on record right now on December 1st, 2021. I'd be stunned if we ever saw Josh Giddy with facial hair, not to say he can't do it. So I know that Josh Giddy always listen to this podcast. Josh, if you're out there, not to say you can't do it. I'm just saying, I think that you're always going to keep that clean shaven look uh, for yourself for uh, your whole career. We'll see if that's actually true though, uh, as we move forward in Josh Giddy's career. This next question from at King no two seven Oh five in five years, who starts at point guard and runs the team's offense. Should Josh Giddy play more than the offense? Do you think Giddy can get a triple double whenever Shea's active and JRE starting at the four over Darius Basley? 
Okay, let's start with the first one. In five years, who starts at point guard and runs the offense? As of right now, you have to assume it's going to be SGA because of his uh, public desires to play point guard, and, and uh, he can play point guard. He's a very good point guard, and you want to keep your max contract guy happy. You want to keep your number one option happy uh, long-term in Oklahoma City and kind of cater to him a bit. Um, I think there's a world where he says, look, I've played off ball before. It helps us win. We're five years down the road here. We finally got this roster in place because at that at that point in five years, uh, this team's either either going to become the Kings or it's going to be a team that's ready to win a championship and, and, and really knock on the door of winning a title in five years from today. So at that point, SGA might be ready to say, you know what, I'll, I'll play the point guard role some minutes each game, and, and but but to start our offense and to run our offense routinely, it'll be Josh Gate to point guard. I'll play off ball with it I have earlier in my career, and it's best for our team moving forward. And also it could just be that SJ remains the point guard all the time. They can they can win that way. They can win with Josh Giddy being that kind of secondary ball handling, those two guys staggering in the lineups, and those two guys playing off each other can still do so very well whenever SJ is the point guard. So right now, I'll say it's SGA. Uh, this question, should SGA play within the offense uh, because it looks like he's trying to press or do too much right now? Uh, no, to me, this season's not about winning. It's not about you know, succeeding on the scoreboard. It's about development. And so I don't think it's pressing from SGA. I think, I think he's trying to do too much. I think that he's trying to see what he can get away with and see what he can develop into his game. It's those step back threes that are creating space for him. It's those difficult shots that he was not taking last year. He was not taking earlier in his career than that. And so he's taking them now to kind of grow his game and see, hey, what kind of score can I be? What kind of things can I get away with in this league that I can add to my tool bag for whenever we do want to start winning games? So I think that this is actually really good that the, that the Thunder are allowing SGA to take bad shots and take difficult shots, I should say, than SGA is taking advantage of it because I think that it's better long-term. While it looks wonky now and you're going to have weeks like you had uh, last week before he got hurt against the Spurs and the Heat and, and the Nets and, and see him struggle a bit, you're also going to have games where he looks really good and see if he can add that long-term to his repertoire. Uh, do you think Josh Giddy can get a triple-double whenever SGA is active? Yes, absolutely. I think that Josh Giddy will have uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds most nights, and it won't really um, have anything to do with SGA. And then you look at the, 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 the potential assist numbers. If guys hit shots, he'd have triple-doubles. So I, I think that it just comes down to getting the rest of the roster better. It has nothing to do with kind of playing off of SGA and everything to do with uh, his teammates' making shots and not dropping the ball in the post and not missing layups and not missing one open corner threes. Like it has everything to do with that and not necessarily SGA as to Josh Giddy's triple double effects. And then the last question from King no two seven Oh five on this little uh, blurb here. I appreciate all the questions. I appreciate all the kind words that you had at the end of the post as well. Uh, JRE starting at the four over Baisley. Should he, should he start there at the four because of how much, how much broccoli he's eaten as, as Mark would say, uh, no, I think that the thunder of you, JRE is a center and is a small ball five. And again, with this season being about development and being not about winning basketball games, uh, you want to put JRE in those scenarios at the small ball five immediately and see how we can handle them, see how he can adjust, see how he can grow and see how, how viable this option is long-term and get that baseline data point for JRE playing the small ball five long-term right now. I think that, I think that Baisley struggles are, kind of separate from JRE in the starting lineup. We're seeing that JRE is in the starting lineup more and more and more. At that small ball five, I think that the Thunder should start JRE every single game at that five position and, and just go with it from now on. Even whenever Derek Favors is back from his illness, I just kind of go with JRE in the starting five for the rest of uh, the season. From 
user DJ underscore Bob is Giddy already a top 10 passer, not a playmaker or a top 10 passer in this league. Very good clarification there from DJ Bob. Uh, yes. I think that, think that as a passer, just purely passing a basketball, he does things in the NBA game in an NBA game setting against NBA defenses, passing the basketball that there are not 10 other people that can do. Like he does things that are unbelievable. It's him, LaMelo Ball. It's all these great point guards that do these amazing passes to where I'd like to see a, a skillless competition, but like kind of better than what we used to see with the Taco Boscus competition, uh, where it's like Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball and these great passers without defenses. Because what in the world could Josh Giddy pull off if there was nobody on the court besides him and the, and the guy he wanted to pass to? What could happen? Like How much could he could he maneuver through uh, and and torque his body to pass a ball because he's doing things in the, in, against this defense and against NBA defenses that are unbelievable. And so, yes, I think that I think that uh, Josh Giddy's a top ten passer. And, and again, good clarification there to kind of just separate it in terms of just passing a basketball, a physical pass of basketball. Uh, underscore uh, Drewski Moon. At what point on Shea's timeline will we get Adams back and will we get Westbrook back on the MLE? Uh, I don't know if Westbrook will ever be an MLE guy. I, I think that he has a lot of pride and self-awareness. And I think that, I think that maybe like hanging around for the MLE will not kind of be his ML. And I wouldn't blame him if it is. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know if that's kind of his, his kind of uh, route in life. I think that he has a lot of other things going for him to where when he can no longer be Russell Westbrook, he's just kind of okay with it. And he, and he retires and he moves on. Uh, but uh, it'd be nice to bring Russell Westbrook back on the MLE and, have him have him ride the bench and, and be a great teammate and be a, a leader for this team as they want to uh, go back and try to win championships and have him play those minutes kind of like what the the match with JJ Barea where he was kind of always around the team and always hanging out uh, and didn't play that much even though he was a key cog of their championship run and didn't play that much but still kind of helped the team move along but again that doesn't really sound like something that Russell Westbrook would want to do so we'll, we'll see how that all goes uh, I don't think they're ever going to bring back Steve Adams but um, I, I do uh, enjoy the, the funny questions there. So that's the Reddit mailbag. I appreciate everybody's questions, everybody's uh, support, everybody's comments on there as well. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always DM them on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, tweet them at me at Ryland underscore styles, uh, or go back to that Reddit thread and keep commenting. I'll always go back and uh, check that as well. And also, if you don't have social media, go check out, is Reddit social media? Also, if you don't have social media, go check out the email as well. I know you have an email address, hellothunderpod at gmail.com. Uh, email your questions in there as well. So that is going to be it for today's episode. On tomorrow's show, we're going to recap this game against the Houston Rockets on Friday, recap the game against the Memphis Grizzlies, and so much more. Until then, be good and be good to one another.